you take your Bibles and turn in the Gospel of Mark to the fourth chapter this morning as we continue now going through this Gospel, this good news, which is what Gospel means, this uh, story of the life of Jesus to introduce the Son of God uh, to readers in the first century, and, and this letter has been used ever since to continue introducing um, readers like us uh, to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as Mark made his introduction in chapter 1. Before we read from chapter 4, verse 1, I'd like to have a word of prayer. The song that we just sang might have uh, struck a chord with some of you. Some of you may be walking through uh, a dark, lonely valley right now. And um, it was really hard for you maybe to come this morning because, you know, at church, everybody's just everybody's doing great. Um, and uh, we're not all doing great. Thankfully, we look like we are. But as we go through these things, uh, we recognize that when we come together to worship the Lord, he, he meets us in, in a special way when the children of God gather together. And so as we sang that song, uh, let's also pray now that the Lord would meet us wherever we are. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence with us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We started our service singing about seeing Jesus and recognizing your presence with us. And while we don't see Jesus visibly with our physical eyes, when we open the pages of your word, we see him by faith. When we spend time in fellowship with your people, we see him by the power of your Holy Spirit. And so, Father, you know the places that we are this morning. Physically, even many of us um, traveling on vacations, on, on the way to camp, working at camp, um, on mission as Richard and Sam are in South Africa today. Father, we can be physically in many different places, but also, Father, we're in different places in our lives right now. Some of us are on high mountains right now. Some of us are in low valleys. Some of us are in deep holes. And we thank you that you are with us, that that's your promise, that you'll never leave us, never forsake us, that you'll be with us wherever we go until the end of this age. We thank you for that promise. And we pray that as we look into your word this morning, that you would meet us wherever we are, reminding us of your love, reminding us of your plan, reminding us of all that you've done for us in your son, the Lord Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Mark chapter 4. Verse 1, the Lord Jesus continuing his earthly ministry, the word says, On another occasion, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching said, Listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, 
Some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even a 100 times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That was the end of that. But thanks to the written word of God, we get more of the story of that day. And so we continue. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside... Everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path. When the word is sown, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown in rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, Hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, 30, 60, or even a 100 times what was sown. And so there it is. The way of the kingdom. Jesus telling this story to the crowd in parables. He explains to his disciples, his close disciples and apostles, the reason that he's using parables. He quoted from Isaiah chapter 6. Mark read from Isaiah chapter 6 this morning. Do you notice how that little section about The judgment that was coming falls right after that very famous section in Isaiah 6 where Isaiah says, here I am, send me. Sort of a, sort of a, a a picture of victory that there's somebody willing to serve the Lord. But what was the Lord going to have Isaiah do? He was going into Israel to announce the judgment that was coming because of their rebellion against God. That same judgment was continuing in the days of Jesus. 
God knew that most of the people that Jesus was going to be talking to were not going to receive him, were not going to accept him. In, in fact, after Jesus' ministry is over and John, the, the apostle John, wrote his gospel, you remember in the, in the first chapter of John chapter 1, he says that though Jesus came to his own, his own did not receive him. In other words, he's talking about the Jewish people. He said most of them did not receive him. God knew that was going to happen. And like he had Isaiah speak in ways that the people wouldn't understand so that they would recognize that judgment was coming on them because of their rebellion and the rebellion of their forefathers. Even in the time of Jesus, Jesus, by speaking in these parables, was letting the people know that judgment was coming. It's a very sobering thought. When you, when you think about Jesus coming to give life, but also to announce that those who don't receive him are going to receive judgment. That's why he said at the end of his, at, at the end of the parable, before he explained it to his disciples, that's why I said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Those who have eyes to see, let them see. A lot of people, after Jesus gave that parable and made that statement, went, what is he talking about? I don't have time for this. You know, I came out here because I heard he was healing people. I heard I came out here because I heard he was, you know, feeding people. He, he, what was he talking about? I mean, I'm not a farmer. I don't need to learn the, any lessons about farming. Or farmers were sitting there saying, he's right about all that. But so what? But there were some. Even his disciples, even though they didn't completely understand it, Jesus, as he explains it, they begin to understand what the kingdom is like and what they should expect in their ministry. These guys were going to be sowing the word of God for the rest of their lives. They need to be, they need to be ready for what was going to happen. They need to recognize that everybody that they preach to, everybody that they share the gospel, the good news with, everybody's not going to believe it. Some are going to be like that soil, or that seed that was sown among the soil where it was hard and, and, and packed down like the path, and nothing's going to happen. They're, they're, they're going to go like a lot of the people that were listening to him that day. They're going to scratch their heads and say, I don't need that. And not only were the disciples and apostles going to experience that, so are the current day disciples, people like us, as we share the word of God with people at work, school, our neighborhoods and our families. As we share the word of God with people, some people aren't going to receive it. That's just a fact of life. That's a, that is a principle of the kingdom because that's what Jesus is, is sharing here in these parables. The way of the kingdom. Some people aren't going to, aren't going to receive it. And then others are going to receive it and they're going to be gung ho for a while. And then where, where, where'd they go? They're not coming around anymore. They, they're not interested anymore. What happened? And here he explains it. They were expecting that life was going to be great. Once they received Jesus. And then they found out. 
it's worse than it was before. Stuff in my life is still going bad. Everything isn't fixed. And so they walk away. Now, in this statement, Jesus isn't making a lot of theological judgments here. He isn't, he isn't trying to explain how this works. The, the, he's not saying, now, was that person ever saved? Or weren't they? Or he, He's not saying that in this parable. He's not, he's not giving that kind of explanation. He's just letting his disciples and those who have ears to hear understand the way it is. Some people are going to be, are, are, are going to last a very short time. And then others are going to be growing along, looking like everything's good, but nothing's going to happen out of their lives in Christ because they're getting choked out. They're getting too caught up in the stuff that doesn't matter. And remember what the stuff that doesn't matter is. Remember what that is. It's anything that's not going to last forever. So we look at our own lives. We look at our own ministries and we, and we, and we've already identified quickly some people that fit in the first category, some people that fit in the second category. Now we get into this third category and we start thinking, maybe I fit in this one a little bit. Maybe I fit in this one a lot. And then we start thinking, well, then are we all supposed to be apostles? You know, are we, are, which, which remember in Jesus calling these special guys, they were going to be the ones that he was going to be sending out to, to do his work in his absence. And they did it in a great way. They wrote the word of God as Jesus said they would in the upper room discourse as on that last night before his crucifixion where he explained to them what the minute one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit was going to be in their particular lives is he was going to recall to them all the things that he taught them so that they could record them so that they could write them down for people like us are we all supposed to be full-time preachers and missionaries so that everything that we're doing counts for eternity or are we supposed to understand that there's a way to live life in this world without getting caught up in the stuff, but using the stuff of this world for his glory and for his kingdom and will have eternal results. I remember a friend of mine was uh, working for a major corporation and he had an opportunity to leave that company that he was with it was a company that was m- mostly known for making cheese. And, um, and he had an opportunity to go work for a Christian ministry that was working with, with helping people in their marriages. And he was really excited about it because he said, I mean, how is making cheese, you know, impacting eternity? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and do something, you know, that's going to gonna ma- gonna matter, you know. And he went and he was doing the same kind of business work for the ministry that he was doing with, with the making of the cheese, wasn't having any interaction with the people that were benefiting from the ministry that he was in. And he was realizing, I'm doing the same thing in both places, except for in my new place, I don't have any unsaved people that I'm, that I'm working around, that I'm living with, that I'm having an opportunity to, to, to minister to. So he realized 
he was he was expecting something else to happen in his life when he when he went full time in the ministry. In fact, he realized that he left the ministry to do that. We have a ministry wherever we are if we're not being choked out by the things of this world. There is a way to live in this world and not be choked out by it, not be distracted by it, not be deterred by it, but to use it for him and bear fruit for eternity in the midst of it. You see, that's what the people who he's describing as those who the seed was planted on good soil are doing. They're able to overcome those distractions. They're able not to be choked out by those things and to recognize, much like when Jesus shared the parable of the unjust uh, manager that you might remember from Luke 16, when, he, when, when this guy realized that he was losing his job because he hadn't, he hadn't been doing a very good job, and he started to think about life without the job, and, of course, one of the things he thought about was life without money because that's how he's getting his money with his job. He wasn't independently wealthy. So he's thinking, okay, I've got to do something so that when I lose this job, people are going to welcome me into their homes. So he told all these people that owed his, his, his boss money on his, on his last week of work. He went, he went around and settled their accounts, knocking a lot off of their debt. So one guy who owed a thousand bushels of wheat, he said, Hey, what do you say? You just make it 800 and we'll call it even. I said, yeah, I like that. You know, it would be like getting the, getting the phone call from American Express and them saying, Hey, uh, what do you say we knock a couple grand off your, off your bill this month? I'm all for that. Sounds good. And nobody objected. And his plan was, that over the weeks to come, when he was out of a job, he was going to show up about dinner time, knock, knock, knock. Say, hey, I just wanted to check in, see how you guys are doing. Hey, come on in. You know, they like this guy. He's been nice to him. He's, you know, he's helped him. He was looking for, for a way to advance. And when the boss found out about this, he, he wasn't so upset about the fact that, he, that this guy cost him money. He was intrigued by his cunning by how creative he was in how he's going to take care of himself after he lost his job. And Jesus said this at the end of the parable. He said, the people of this world are more wise than are the people of the light. He said, use worldly wealth to win friends for yourselves so that you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. In other words... Use this life that we live in the world and all of its resources that he's given us, which all vary from from person to person, family to family, but to use the resources that he's given us, whether it's gifts, spiritual gifts, talents, financial resources, whatever they might be, use these things to make friends for yourselves so that you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Now, what kind of friends are going to welcome you into an eternal dwelling? A friend who either finds out about Jesus through you. You know, I think about this. 
in the as, as we pray for our missionaries um, and 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 give to their work. I think about the the work that they're doing, the the fact that we're helping them, and then the people that are going to receive Christ through their ministry in glory somehow are going to find out that we're a part of that. And we'll be walking down the golden street or streets and somebody say, hey, DePadro. I'm going to just pick on Mike because he's on the front row. DePadro, come here a second. Mike says, who are you? He says, oh, I was, I was this deaf kid in Madagascar. And you and your family gave an offering, and I don't know if they did this. I'm just assuming that they did, okay. Um, you and your family gave a gift to help, them, to help the ministry that, that got the word, the word of God into the Madagascar deaf sign language. And I came to Christ as a result of that. And I just saw you walking down the road. I just had to have you in. Come on in for a minute. Meet my family. Or family's not going to be the deal there, but, you know, come on in and, and check things out. And, and have some fellowship and to learn more about what God did through your gift to get the word of God into that deaf language, into that sign language. That is going to be some pretty cool stuff. And that's the kind of fruit that can be born by people who don't get choked out by the distractions, who don't get focused on the distractions but who use the resources, the gifts, the opportunities, the financial wealth that comes with with certain opportunities, to use those things for his glory instead of just for themselves, where it would be completely wasted. You know, there's another parable where where the, the farmer, it's another farm parable, where the farmer had a great crop, And the way Jesus tells it in the parable, he says, the ground of a certain man produced a great crop. And the man says, whoa, what am I going to do now? I need bigger barns so I can store up this stuff so that I'll have wealth to last me a long time so I can just sit back, eat, drink, and be merry. And then Jesus said, you fool, this very night... Your life is going to be demanded of you. Then what will you do with all that you've stored up? It's the exact opposite of what the other guy did. This guy had nothing. He was rich, but he had nothing to show for it when he stood before the Lord. One blueberry, maybe. If he had a blueberry, it would have been, been better than nothing. But, oh, he was wishing at that moment that he'd have invested his life and his stuff into things that matter, into people understanding God's word so that they can go through the lows of life like we sang about a little while ago, so they can go through those things and still honor God and still glorify God and still serve God. So they can use the highs of life, the great moments, to honor God, to serve him, to shine for him, to recognize that's what life is, no matter what the, whether it's the highest or the lowest or in between, to recognize that all of it, whether you're in full-time ministry or completely living 
in, in service to Christ in a secular way. And, and, and everything in between. Living life for his glory, using the talents, the gifts, the resources, the opportunities, using all of it for his glory. Those are the people that are producing 40, 60, even 100 times what was sown. That's the way of the kingdom. There there are going to be people like all four of those categories. We need to recognize that. We need to pray for the latter, for the last category. And I think that we need to do our own evaluation of our own lives and ask ourselves how we're going to be used by God. What kind of fruit we're going to produce in this life. Because I don't think this is a statement that once you're... um, you know, once you're identified in one of these categories, that's, that it's set like that. I don't think that was the purpose of the parable. I think when some of these people heard this and they put it together, they had ears to hear, eyes to see. They put it together and said, hey, I want my life to count. I want my life to count. I'm not going to be one of those, one of those first three categories. I want to be that fourth category. I want my life to count for eternity. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to see that happen. You see, that's what a lot of the rest of the New Testament is about. Teaching us how to invest our lives, how to grow in our faith so that our lives will count for eternity, so that we will be the fruitful kind of disciples that Jesus wants us to be. Jesus told his disciples in that upper room discourse on that night before he was crucified, he said, you did not call me but I called you. I called you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. See, that's what he's interested in. That's what he wants to do through us. That's what he does when that seed hits that fertile soil. May we be that fertile soil May he grow in us in such a way that we will bear fruit for eternity. And may we, in our sowing, cast our seed into that fertile soil. We do that through prayer. We just had an experience of that over the last couple of weeks. You might remember some of Mark and Brian Wiles' testimony coming back from the U.K., When they went, we prayed that God would make them fruitful in a very difficult place, a place where not very many people know the good news about Jesus Christ, a place where where there hasn't been much interest in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in listening to Mark and Brian's stories, we find out that numerous people that they ran into, that they spoke to, that they gave the gospel of John to, numerous people were extremely interested. Sometimes after some conversation, the conversation started out with them showing themselves to be, you know, pretty antagonistic toward it. But as they took some time to talk and invested in those people, the people found that they were interested in it. They wanted to find out more. They wanted to hear a little bit more. They wanted to read more. One of the guys, in fact, they gave the Gospel of John to, 
uh, through their mail slot, came by their, came by their house, that guy's house in a couple of days. And the guy said, I've been waiting for you to come. I read the whole thing before they got back. He'd read the entire thing. Fruitful soil, fertile soil in an unexpected way, in an unexpected place. And so we pray that as we do our work wherever we do it, and we build our relationships wherever we build them, and as we share our faith with whoever we share it with, we pray that it will fall, that those seeds will fall in fertile soil, that people will believe and that they will grow and that they also will produce fruit, multiplying over and over and over again the fruit that was planted, the seed that was planted in our lives. And we also take a moment when we we read a parable like this and we praise God for the faithful servants, the faithful gospel farmers that planted the seeds in our lives. Right now, take a moment and think of them. Think who they are. Some of them are already with the Lord. Think of the people that invested in your life, in my life. And praise God that Jesus' parable, being very prophetic, came to pass, was fulfilled in our lives. As the seed came into our lives, as it began to grow and produce fruit. So make this time of self-examination also a time of praise. For those who've gone before us sowing that seed and that seed falling into our lives. Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't put your trust in Christ. We're we're still sowing that seed. We'd encourage you to think about these things, to think about eternity, and to think about the fact that God, who put this whole plan together and knows from the, end to, from the beginning to the end, exactly how it's all going to go. He knows exactly who you are and what you need, and he provided for your need in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The same one who gave this parable was also going to give his life to die for the sins of everybody, that those who believe in him would not have to face the judgment that he was announcing by speaking in these parables, but they could avert that judgment by God's great mercy and by his grace, they could receive the gift of eternal life through the forgiveness of their sins. He's still forgiving sins today. Everyone who calls on his name, he forgives and he makes a part of the family of God and gives us the opportunities to use our lives to count for eternity. Let's bow together in prayer. Our heavenly father, We want to thank you this morning for Jesus coming into this world and helping us understand the way things are. Thank you for the ministry of your word. Thank you for those who have sown it over the years and how someone finally sowed it in our lives. In some of our cases, many people sowed it in our lives. And we thank you for each one. And here we are again this morning, Father, 
sowing it again. And it's our prayer that you would use it. That you would find fertile soil that will believe and grow in their knowledge of your word and produce fruit that will last forever. May the results of this time together this morning on July 10th, 2022 be of great, great eternal value through all of our lives, whatever our situation, whatever our condition, that we would use this word that Jesus gave us to avoid the judgment that's coming on all who have rebelled against him, all who have rejected him as the Savior, and to receive that great gift of eternal life. And then the rewards that he has planned for all of us who believe and who live for his glory. That it would be a great, great eternity in your presence. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.